Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. You know, we talk about and we've spent the last you know couple of weeks in different ways in a lot of conversations that we talk about things in the future. And I believe in looking towards the future. The Bible says that if you, if you don't have a vision, you'll perish. You have to have vision. You have to have God's vision. You have to be looking towards things in, in the future. But you know what I've found is a really, a very key thing for us, and I believe that this is a good way to start this year, is that we also, not only do we need to look into the future, but we also need to look into the past. And the reason I say that, and a lot of people would say, well, I'm leaving the past behind. Well, you can leave the garbage behind. But you know, there were things that God did in 2019 and 2018 and the decade before and, you know, the decade before that and even before you were born and whatever, God did amazing, awesome things. And if we're not careful, we can be so focused on the future that we forget about what he's done in the past. And Liz and I, Liz and I last night we were um, ready to hit the hay and go to bed And then all of a sudden we were laying there and we started talking about the word. And I said, let's get up and talk about this because God's, God's doing some things. And so we got up and put some non-caffeinated tea on, which tasted disgusting to me, but it seemed like the social thing to do at the moment. And so we got up and drank some tea and uh, then we just started talking about this. And, you know, one of the things that, that we talked about, and I wrote this down, I thought it was so, so profound and I can't find where I wrote. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Trust, listen to this now, trust for the future is built on remembering previous faithful actions. So if you have a relationship with somebody, which everybody in here has got some kind of relationship with somebody, what causes you to trust them for the future is remembering their faithfulness of the past. Now, if, if you remembered their unfaithfulness of the past, we wouldn't trust them in the future. Isn't that, isn't that correct? So I believe the enemy has worked to steal our simple, basic Bible trust and faith in the Lord because at times, and maybe there just hasn't been enough emphasis put on it, we have failed to remember what it is that God has done in the past. And the truth is, is that God has done so many incredible things in the past. And if we can go back and look at those things, we can camp on those things, we can meditate on those things, it will quicken faith in our heart that God is going to be faithful, that he is faithful, and, and he will watch over his word to perform it in the future. Sometimes we get excited about a word, and then after a month or a week or whatever, that it fizzles, fizzles out, not the word, but the, the excitement of it fizzles out then we lose hope and we lose heart. Well, one of the ways that we can avoid doing that is to be right in the middle of believing for something because how many of y'all know when you're faithing for something, some things are instant, but a lot of things just take time. Well, what are you gonna do between when you get a word and when you see the word manifest in your life? You have to focus on something. You have to meditate on something. And if you're like me, the natural tendency is to look at how it hasn't happened and what hasn't come to pass and what you want to see happen versus going back and looking at what God has already done in the past and say, you know what, God, you were faithful then, and I know you're going to be faithful now. And he's given us some very important things, some keys in the word that will really help us understand this. And so I want to give you a few of these here quickly. And so in John chapter 14 and verse 26, let's start here in John 14 and 26. And if we can pull that up on the screen, because I want to make sure everybody can see it. 
Look here in, in John 14 and 26. Although I want to, I want to, let me pastor you for another moment before I go back into teacher mode. Bring your Bibles with you. And there's something about actual physical paper and ink that's really important. There's a, there's a big, and, and I use, you know, we've got phones wherever my phone is. I use my Bible all the time. I'll be laying in bed and I'll think about something and I'll turn over and push the button and it's so easy. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know that if, if all you use is that, you lose reference to where things are and just what a book, the Bible looks like and how it's laid out. So I encourage you, bring your Bibles and mark in them because that will help you remember. But here we go. Here's what it says here in verse 26 of John 14. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate, is this the New King James Version? I would like the New King James Version. Praise the Lord. There you go. Asking you shall receive. But the helper, everybody say helper. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, sit back and think about this for a second. Remembrance is important enough that Jesus said that the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit to teach you and to remind you of the things that I told you. Now, you, you think about that for a second. That's a pretty, what would seem like a, maybe in our minds, a menial job for the third part of the Trinity to come to us and that be one of his job descriptions, to remind us of the things that Jesus told us. But the reason he did that is because that is part of how our faith works. And that is part of how the kingdom of God works is that we remember what the Lord has done. If you go and you look up, and remember, look up the word remember in the Bible, it's in there 148 times in the whole Bible. And most of them, not all of them, but most of them, and I didn't count them, so I'll, I'm going to guesstimate a majority. It was at least half. Of the times where it talks about remembering, it was specifically talking about in commanding or instructing to remember the Lord, to remember his covenant, to remember his faithfulness, to remember his goodness, to remember something about who he is. So if you just look at that and you say, you know, roughly at least 70 times in the Bible that it's telling us to remember something about the Lord, that's probably something that we ought to put into our tool belt and use more often. Because see, we're, this is, the reason why I think this is so important is because we're a prophetic church and we believe in prophecy and God releases words. But I found, one of the things I found this years ago is about prophetic culture that gets off into a little bit of error is it's prophecy, 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 prophecy. A lot of it's right. Some of it's not. Most of it is at least good. And some of it is just really, really God. So there's a lot of mixture because we're all learning and growing. But what happens is you get, you get 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 words that get put out before you. Like, I believe that and I believe that. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Just a lot of things. And that's fine. That's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you ever, don't ever go back and look at what God has done, how can you really faith for all of the things that God's saying he's going to do in the future? Again, your trust and my trust in him is developed based off of looking at his previous actions in our life. I don't believe that this is important. I believe this is paramount for seeing things happen in the future. And I believe that this is a key that we have missed out on. And I'll include myself in that. Amen. I, this is for me too. We have missed out on this key of going back and reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness, his goodness, what he's instructed us to do. I found this, that when it gets quiet, you ever just had a time with the Lord to where it's like you were pressing in and all of a sudden it just got really quiet? 
You were hearing them, and man, your relationship was just on, on fire, and you were, you were getting revelation from the word, and you were having whatever it was, that, and then all of a sudden it got quiet. Anybody been there before? You know what I found is that a lot of times when it gets quiet is because, you know, two weeks ago, a month ago, he told us something, and instead of taking that, remembering it, and acting on it, we, we're looking for the next thing. We're always looking for the, you know, the, the next biggest buzz in the spirit that we can get. And we forgot what the Lord told us to do back here. And so it's almost like, it's almost like the Lord's going, you know, I love you and I'm going to continue loving you, but I'm not going to give you a bunch of other instructions if you're not going to do the instruction that I gave you back here. Come on now, that's really, really good. And I think everybody could relate to that. We're always, we're always looking. We are in, and this is, this is cultural, but it's also very human, Human beings are always looking for like the next thing, the, the next exciting thing. I don't know if anybody else um, plays games on your phone at all. I mean, I don't do that ever, um, but some of y'all might play games on your phone. Come on now, who in here plays games on their phone? Probably a good point. If you don't, then praise God, it's probably better that you don't. But, but I've found that I'll, I'll get a, you know, you'll have an ad that will come up for a game, right? If you're on Facebook or something like that, or if you're on, an, on a game, then an ad for another game will come up and you'll be playing. And you know, before you know it too long, you get bored with that game and it's like, wow, that looks awesome. How that guy with the broom is pushing all the people off the edge. I'm, I want to play that game. You know what I'm talking about? These goofy games they create and you play it and before you know it, you get bored with that. And then there's another advertisement for something else. And before you know it, you, you get bored with that and you go on. We do the same thing with the Lord. And it's like God shows us something. It's like, whoa, truth. And we move so heavy on that with that we, we forget about what he told us. And we never moved on the thing that God showed us in the past. And to be honest with you, a lot of times there will be things that get dangled in front of our eyes that really isn't God. It's good, but it's not God. You can do a thousand different things in a day, but what is the Lord telling you to do? You can do a hundred different jobs in this lifetime, but what is God telling you to do? What's he speaking for you to do? That's where the blessing is. That's where the anointing is. That's where the provision is. Amen. And so I've found that so many times we just need to go back and say, God, it's been quiet. And actually, it seems like things aren't working quite as well. What, what, did, what ball did I drop? Because God never drops the ball. Never. He never misses it. God never misses it, and he's always a God of increase. So if we stop increasing, now I'm not just talking about money. When you talk about increase, people think, oh, you're just talking about money. No, I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, relationally. If we stop growing and increasing, it wasn't God who stopped it. We, we, we dropped the ball at some point, and we need to go back and pick it up. And the Lord, see, here's the thing, is that when the Lord gives you a word, it's always the word you need for the season that you're in, and that's coming up. But prophecy, this is very important, prophecy is conditional. Most people do not understand this because they think when the Lord says it, that it's settled. Well, as far as the Lord's concerned, it's settled, but there is a part that we have to play. Now, there are things that the Lord has set within his authority. The Bible tells us that, that there are certain things that he has set within his authority and with his timetable. You know, when the Lord gives you a word specifically, for you personally, that word will not come to pass unless you cooperate and walk with the Lord to, to see him and to work with him, perform that word in your life. So there's times when we like, it's like, you know, a year into the thing or two years into the thing, we look back and we go, God, you told me this, but I'm over in this place and this is, things just aren't working out right and whatever it was. And if we would be honest with ourselves and we'd go back, the Lord would say, you know, 
you, you really stopped communicating with me about it here. And you went this direction and I wanted you to go this direction. If you'd gone this direction, things would work out because see, God sees the end from the beginning. He knows what, what needs to happen from where we're at to where we need to be. But I just go back to that verse that I read in Proverbs there, that we need to become intimate with the Lord in every single thing that we do. So if something is a little, needs an adjustment, something needs you know, a, a little change to it, we'll be in communion with the Lord and we can hear him. You know, I heard this said that whenever they, um, they send whatever to the, to the moon, or when they did, the last uh, shuttle that went to the moon, that, and, if you, and if you would think about it, and if you don't know anything about science or the, the moon, and, which I don't know anything about that, but I know this story. But just in my mind, I would think, you know, that's NASA. They are, they are so um, dedicated to, you know, to science and perfect numbers and perfect everything. That in my mind, when they shot the shuttle up to the moon, that they coordinated their deal or whatever, and it was just a perfect shot straight to the moon. But you know, the reality of it is there was a guy, one of the guys that went the, the last time, I believe it was, whenever that is, I don't, I don't keep up with that stuff. I'm more worried about earth than space, but this is a good analogy. All right. So, but whenever they went, he said that they had to make a course correction every 15 minutes. And he said, sometimes they were going completely completely the opposite, 180 degrees, the opposite direction of the direction they were supposed to be going. And you know what? That, is a, that actually is a really good picture of us and our relationship with the Lord is that, you know what? We just shoot and it's like, Jesus, I give it all to you. We move forward. We move that direction. But man, I've had times when I've had to make a course correction midday. It's like, this is going to be an awesome day and we're going to do da, 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 da. Before I know it, my attitude stinks and I'm thinking wrong thoughts or whatever. You have to make course corrections sometimes. Amen? It doesn't automatically, you don't just receive a word, receive a prophecy, and then it automatically comes to pass. You, God doesn't just give you a vision and then that vision comes to pass. There are steps that are required to take before that thing begins to actually work and manifest in your life. And the deal is, is that the Lord, the Lord knows what you need to do. He knows the journey you need to be on. I look at where Liz and I have been in the last 10 years and the things that we had in our heart, we still don't, we still don't see, we only see a fraction of the things that have been in our hearts for years. But I know this, that if God had given them to me five years ago, it would have destroyed me. Sometimes we, God will give us a picture of something and we think, now's the time. Well, for certain things, now's the time, but for a lot of things, we have to grow and mature. Amen? Let me give you a little rabbit trail here. I believe it's from the Holy Ghost, and I just want to share this, and I'll get back on what I'm going to say. You need to ask yourself this question. Are you in a pattern of growth in your life? Because that's one of the things that hinders the will of God from manifesting in our life. We get out of a pattern of growth in our life, and it's like we hear the Lord, we see something, we receive a word, and it's like, thank you, Jesus. But we don't really stay at a place to where we stay humble before the Lord to allow God to knock off the edges that need to be knocked off and to continue to give us the revelation and understanding and wisdom that we need to do the things that he's called us to do. And that's just human, that's human nature. Everybody deals with that. So it's a question you need to ask yourself in 2020, starting this year, am I in a pattern of growth? If you think you have it all figured out, you are not in a pattern of growth. If you know that you have some things figured out, but you have tons to learn and grow and, and some obstacles maybe to overcome in your thinking, then maybe you're in a pattern of growth. 
And what's included in with that is that you stay on course and you stay with the Lord and you stay humble at his feet all of the time, asking him to help you and to, to grow you and to mature you. And listen to this, allow the people around you to grow you and mature you in the Lord. And you know what? That goes for leaders too. I don't care. I don't care who you're listening to, what great leader you're listening to. Every single leader should be continuing to grow. If you can find a leader that's at a place to where you could find out that they're not in a pattern of growth, you don't want to sit underneath of that leader. Because if they're not growing, you're not going to grow. Amen. Does that make sense? That was a rabbit trail for a few of you, but you really needed to hear it. You need to be in a pattern of just a pattern, not just a pattern, but a lifestyle of growing. And the way that you do that is you just keep your nose to the grindstone. You keep seeking the Lord and stay humble. I find that one of the most difficult things for people do, to do is to stay humble. Because human flesh gets in the way. Everybody wants to feel like they know something. I got news for you. You don't know very much. <laughs> I'm going to try this out over here. I got news for you. You don't know very much. I don't know very much. See, if you'd gone with me a little bit, I would have come back and said, I don't know very much either. Human beings, we don't know hardly anything. The more I think that I know, the more I realize I don't know very much. I mean, I'll, I'll get this great revelation. It's like, wow, this is amazing. And then I'll have just a, the, a door opened to, you know, another revelation. And I look in and I go, I don't know anything about any of that stuff right there, but it's all written in the word of God. It's all things that God has. Man, we need to continually be learning and growing and maturing. Does that make sense? Amen. Hallelujah. So let me give you a little bit more concerning about remembering. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, and we're going to look in the New King James Version, and this is verse 12. 1 Chronicles 16 and 12. I love this verse. It says, remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders in the judgments of his mouth. Now, when this is talking about, go back to that verse, when, it, when this is talking about his marvelous works, if you look it up and you study that word marvelous up a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit more, it actually, the word where it says his wonders, that's talking about more of like a marvelous, miraculous kind of thing. But when it's talking about his marvelous works, it's talking about specific works that he has done. Very specific things that he has done. And I started doing something that I should have been doing years ago. Is See, my journaling has been to write uh, notes. And I've got 4,000 notes written all over my desk. And who in the world can ever understand or know where any of that stuff is? So this year, I started journaling. And what I started doing is writing very specific works down that the Lord has done. And after we write, it, write those works down... Then we need to take the process. Now, this is all important for remembering how to remember something. Because in our mind, it's just like, well, you remember that time back in 1984? And, you know, that's how we think about remembering something. But the Bible actually gives us a lot more detail about remembering. But it says to remember his marvelous works, his intentional and specific things that he has done. We have this amazing ability as humans to be able to forget things. Liz and I were looking at pictures of our boys five years ago. And like five years ago, you know, our oldest was nine. And I looked at him and it's like, I don't even remember him being that size and looking like that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? You look back at pictures of your kids or even yourself. It's like, oh, Jesus, wish I could go back there or whatever. But anyways, let's not go there. We don't want to live in that past. Amen. But you know, we have this ability to just to forget things. And that's, that's good in the sense that when we've gone through painful things, we've gone through hurtful things, 
You know, we've all lost people in here. I'm so thankful that the sting of losing people close to me isn't still with me to this day, two and five and 10 years later. Amen. It's good to be able to forget things in that sense, but we also can forget the good things and forget the specifics of what God has done. And so there is a way, there is a method for us to be able to remember the specifics. Go with me to first, or excuse me, Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one, are you still with me? Are you getting some good things out of this? Joshua chapter 1. And actually, Sarah was here last week, but I'm going to look at this and look at it probably in a little bit different light. But in, and didn't she do an awesome job last week? Amen. Joshua 1 and 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, let me, let me say something real quick here. Up to this point, all they had were the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, known as uh, the Torah or the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. That's all they had. And so he said, this book of the law. How many of y'all know that we don't just have the first five books of the Bible? We have all 66 books in the Bible. And primarily where we should keep our mind is in the New Testament in specific on the finished work of the cross. When you go back and you look at all the things of old, it all points to the new. It all points to what Jesus has done. Amen. But whatever the Lord's speaking to you, that's what you keep your, uh, in your mouth. So here it is. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And when it's saying it shall not depart from your mouth, it's saying that it's there all the time because you're continually speaking out what is in the book of the law or what is in the word of God. But you shall meditate in, in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Well, there's several different things here that it says for us to do. The last thing is to have, to do or to have. The last thing is to have good success. Well, how do you have good success? You back up. I'm, I'm going to work in this verse backwards. The last thing and the end result is you have good success. The step before that is that you make your way prosperous. And it's talking about when your way is prosperous, it's not just talking about making a lot of money as you're going along. It's talking about finding out what God says and sticking specifically with the instructions of the Lord for your life. And the way, and then the step before that is that you do whatever it is that the Lord says. And the word before that is to observe. Now underline that word observe there. And that word observe, if you go and look it up, one of the meanings is to guard. And you know what I've found is that you don't, you won't guard something, really guard something unless you first value it. Or you won't guard it like you, like you should unless you first have value on that thing that you're guarding. So when he's talking about observing here, it's looking after, it's guarding over that thing that the Lord has said to do. And then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Well, he's talking about, and then if you go back the next step, step he says to meditate in day and night. Well, so what he's saying is that the, the, the meditation, the intellectual property that we have going on, that's what we are supposed to guard so that we will do it, so that our way will be prosperous, so that we'll have good success. So if we're going to guard the intellectual property or the meditation of what we're speaking out of our mouth, it needs to be what God says. It needs to be what God says to do. But this is not just talking about, let me just go back and reminisce. Let me give you a little bit better picture of this. I have a, a, um, 
a commentary here that I want to read, read to you about this word meditate, and it's the Greek word haugao. And nobody knows how to say that right, so you can't get upset with me for not saying it right. All right, so that's the Greek, excuse me, the Hebrew, because Hebrew is Old Testament. But here's, this, here's the, the meaning of this Hebrew word, or, or a little more understanding of this. It means to reflect, to moan, to mutter, to ponder, to make a quiet sound such as sighing, to meditate or contemplate something as one repeats the words. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second. And I, <laughs> I don't want anyone to answer this question. But how many of y'all do some... Let me see this here again. How many of y'all do some reflecting, moaning, muttering, pondering, and quiet sounds, sighing, and meditation and contemplation, repeating words quietly under your breath? Who in here does that, everybody? Now, who in here does a lot of negative things concerning that? You want to know how to keep yourself with the Lord and meditating on the Lord all the time? You know, some people say, you know, if you say, you know, how much time did you spend with the Lord? Oh, I spent 45 minutes with him yesterday. You know what I tell people? I spent all day with him. All day. Now, I'll be honest with you. I miss it from time to time, and I don't always do this 100%. But basically, I stay with the Lord all the time. You know why? Because when I'm not just when I'm preaching and not just when I'm sitting and reading and not just when I'm praying for somebody or when I'm just praying for myself, but when I'm driving down the road and when I'm in the shower and when I'm talking with my family and when I'm going to bed at night and when I'm getting up in the morning, I'm constantly murmuring, uttering, contemplating what the scriptures are saying. So what we do in our culture is that we hear something and oftentimes we don't even speak it. But if we do, it's just in passing and it doesn't stick with us. It doesn't stick with us. We don't remember what it is that the Lord told us to do. So part of remembering is proper biblical meditation. Now, let me go back and read the rest of this because this is awesome. So it says, um, haugao, whatever that Hebrew word is, represents something quite unlike, unlike English meditation, which may be mental exercise only. In Hebrew, in Hebrew thought, to meditate upon the scriptures is to quietly repeat them in a soft, droning sound while utterly abandoning outside distractions. From this tradition comes a specialized type of Jewish prayer called davening. This is, um, oh, I just got it. It's from David. Ah, how about that? You learn something even while you're preaching. From this tradition comes a specialized type of Jewish prayer called davening. Thank you, David. This is reciting text, prayers, intense prayers, or getting, listen to this, lost in communion with God while bowing or rocking back and forth. Evidently, this dynamic form of meditation or prayer goes back to David's time. Now, let's go back to Joshua, and let me show you something in the, in the previous verse. In verse 7, he says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not, everybody say do not. Do not turn from it to the right hand, or to the left hand, that you may prosper wherever you go. If you go back and you read the commentary, which I'm reading here, it talks about, it's a specialized type of prayer that utterly abandons outside distractions. 
Now, if you look at this in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the end result is that you will have good success, which ultimately means what God says about you will come to pass. So this is, this is what I found. We have the word of God over here. It's the word for your life. It's the prophecy. It's what he's instructed you to do. And then we have way over here, we have the fulfillment of that. And you know what we have is we have a big gap between here, the fulfillment of it, and what God has actually told us. And you know what is supposed to take place between here and the manifestation, the fulfillment of what God says? It's this right here. It's a meditation. It's proper, scriptural, biblical meditation. Because this is what we've been trained to do in our culture. Say we're believing God for healing. There's a lot of people in here believing God for healing. Someone will come pray for you and they'll say, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Sickness go, all that's correct. But then what we do is we walk away from that and we go, well, we prayed. And it's good, you know, you could just take authority and you don't have to go back and take authority over it a thousand times. But you know what you do need to do is you need to remind your heart and your mind of what God has said. And if you want to keep the devil at bay, you want to keep the lies at bay between here and the manifestation, whether it be healing or a, a financial thing that God has promised you, I'm telling you, folks, this is a revelation from heaven. If you will hear what I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will have good success. You will prosper. Things will change in your life. You've been looking at it going, why aren't things working? I'm telling you, this is the reason why some things aren't working. In between here and the manifestation over there, it needs to be, thank you, Jesus, I am healed. Thank you, Jesus, I am healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I know it says this out here, but I know what God says, that he sent his word and healed him, that healing is the children's bread, that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I know what God did for me. I know God loves me. I know God cares for me. I know I'm right with God because of Jesus. I know Jesus, and boom, all of a sudden it manifests. And what you're doing when you do that is you're not, you're not twisting God's arm. You're not pulling God's arm. You're not even putting the devil in his place, but you're keeping yourself at a place that that seed that has been planted in you when the word was spoken, whatever that word is, what you're doing is you're watering that seed. So over time, and look, I don't believe in being healed. If you get healed in a week or five weeks or a month or a year, it's better than not being healed at all. I believe healing is now. It's a now thing that God has for us. But in the process of... Whatever that process is, whether it's an hour or 10 days, and if it's not just healing, but any kind of word from the Lord, from when it's spoken to when it manifests, there has to be something take place. And what we are trained to do, this is how we have been trained, uh, just not intentionally, but it's just happened, to where we'll hear a word, and then it's like, well, God has done it. And we'll say, yes, amen, I believe that. And then what we do is we start to work towards that way. And by about the time we get halfway, and we don't even know where the halfway point is, but we get to some point in the process, and we start to get discouraged because we're seeing that it's there, but it's, it's not really here. And it was spoken here, but yet we're still not seeing it, and we're trying to work towards it. And we get discouraged with what we're not seeing instead of simply meditating on what God has said. And the way that you meditate is you murmur underneath of your breath. Good murmuring. I only heard murmuring as being negative. Usually when I was saying something, my mom would go, what did you murmur under your breath? You know, something like that. But there can be a good murmuring. I mean, I have times when people say stuff, they'll say like when commercials come on, and actually I say this out loud, and I just usually, whatever, but they'll say, it's flu season. I'll say, not for me, it's not flu season. I don't believe in being sick. That goes against what Jesus has paid for me. Amen. 
And so whatever it is, but oftentimes you can't do that. And when somebody will say something, I'll usually, instead of out loud saying, get behind me, Satan, I'll go, get behind me, Satan. And I don't have a microphone, so they can't hear it. So, and you just stay at that place and you just continue reminding yourself and you remind yourself and you meditate and you speak it. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, night and day. And when you do that, let's finish what it says. When you do that and that you observe, you guard to do. So it's not, it's not just that you're saying, but when God gives you something, you're guarding that word that God has placed in your heart. It's like anything that would come in and try to come against what God says, you guard it. You say, absolutely, no way. I'm not going to believe that because I know what God says. You speak it out of your mouth. This is where, I, this is, to me, this is the biggest breakdown of where people miss it that after a year or two years or whatever it is that they, they didn't get it, they didn't receive it, it didn't manifest, things didn't work out. And listen, we've all been there, no condemnation, but this is where we miss it the most is we don't speak it out of our mouth. This is, this is not a name it, claim it thing. This is not that word of faith thing. Well, actually it is, but it's the Bible word of faith thing. Here it is written all the way back in Joshua, however many thousands of years ago before Kenneth Hagin ever came on the scene. This wasn't a Kenneth Hagin thing. This wasn't a, 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 a whoever else you want to put in there in terms of people that taught on, on great faith, although most of the message was really actually very accurate. This is a Bible thing that God says, if you will do this, then you will have good success. But you know what I find most of the time? And I try not to be hard. I want to be soft and tender and nice and, and loving to everybody. But sometimes the spirit of slap just wants to come all over me because I'll pray for someone and then they'll come back and they'll go, Pastor, it just, the thing isn't working right. Well, what have you been doing? Well, you know, I tried to, okay, you lost me when you said you tried. You either do it or you don't do it. And if you don't do it, it's probably not going to work for you. God will love you. He will care for you, but you're probably not going to get what he has. And then you get a bunch of weird doctrines that come out of it and go, well, it's just what God wanted. No, God said what he wanted back here, but you lost heart somewhere in the process. And that's why it says, don't lose heart at doing good, for in due time you will reap if you faint not. I'm telling you, this is so important that we go back and we remember what God says. Because if we can't remember it, and by remembering, I mean we meditate, we meditate, we speak, we utter, we have this thing in our relationship with the Lord. And I think the back and forth movement is almost a, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, um, like a metronome is how I see it. It's like a back and forth thing, a consistent thing. I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I say that to people, you know, and they just, they just think that I'm just, just being religious. They'll say, how are you doing? I am blessed. And I could be dealing with complete hell in my life at the time. You know what I'm going to tell you? I'm blessed. You could pray for me, but I'm blessed. It doesn't change what God says about me. And I know when the, when the end comes, I'm going to have what God says because I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to give up on what the Lord has spoken. I'm not going to speak and utter opposite things of what the Lord has said. I'm not going to utter the words of hell in my mouth. You know, I had a sign made one time. And actually, it would be an awesome thing to put up anywhere. I never did put it up, but it's been on my heart for a long time. And I heard this from a great man of faith. He said that only words of faith are spoken here. And you know why that's so important is because when you get where it gets difficult, it's not difficult when you're praying over the thing. And when you stir yourself up and when you initially take authority or whatever it is that you're doing, that's not the difficult thing. But the difficult thing is between when you pray 
and when you see it manifest, whether it's five minutes or five years, God's word, God's promises are always true all the time. He never relinquishes on his promises, never. He never relinquishes on his promises, never. Get that in your heart, get that in your head. God never relinquishes on his promises. There are always yes, they are, all, they are always true. They are always amen. But where we miss it is that we, we just simply lose heart when God says something before we know it. We get off track thinking and believing something different than what he said. Amen. Man, this is awesome. I feel so, I'm ready to just, I'm ready to just, Go and just tackle the whole world because this is awesome. This is how the kingdom works, just like this. He's given us the most awesome, powerful weapon to, you know, faith. Faith is two parts is what I, I, it's probably more than two parts, but two main parts. It's the believing aspect and it's the speaking aspect. If you don't speak what you say you believe, then you really don't believe it. But if you just speak something and you don't have a revelation, a quickening, a, a believing in, on the inside of that thing, you can speak all you want. It's never going to come to pass. There has to, come, there has to be a point to where God said, and then you connect your, your faith, your quickening with what God said, and then you move and you act on that thing. This is why you can read in the Bible, Jesus himself would pray for people, release faith, release power, release anointing, and then, then there wouldn't be anything that would happen. Then he would say, get up and walk, get up and move. He would tell them to do something and disciples did the same thing. They would tell them to act on what they believed, act on what was happening. So they would speak and they would literally do actions that corresponded to what God said. And it's not that you have to act for God to perform his word. He's already performed his word. He can't perform it any more than he has. He's done all of the performance that he has to do. And really, you don't have to perform. It's just walking in accordance so that it manifests in your life. Man, I love this. This is, this is just awesome. This is, this is so liberating. It's so freeing. Who in here is believing for some things? Come on, let me see your hands. Who in here is believing for some things? Come on, faith people, stand up with me. I'm going to pray over you. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk out what God's given you. I said, you're going to walk out what God has already given you. You don't have to go get anything. You know, back then, back in the day, they had to get a word from God. They had to get something from God. Then they could believe it. But there's not one thing that you have in your life, not one thing that you have in your life that Jesus has not already died and paid the price for or before he died, that there was some kind of atoning work that he did that produced whatever you need in your life, Jesus has already paid for it. Man, what a time we live in. We don't have to beg God. We don't have to beat the, down the doors of heaven to get something. Isn't that awesome? I can remember times in my life thinking, God, God, please do something. God, please pour out. God, please. Now I just go, thank you, Jesus, that you have already done everything that needs to be done for me to have the thing that I need to have. You know what God's looking for? He's looking for people that will just stand in faith. Just stand in faith. You know what I see sometimes when I'll pray for people? And I'll, people will be watching and go, oh, let's, let's see. They're not watching and going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can't wait for him to be healed. They're watching and going, oh, let's see if this is really going to work. Let's see if this whole faith thing is really. You know what? If you've got that kind of attitude, then you just don't have that kind of attitude. That's stinky. That's the wrong way to look at it. When you pray, you should be believing for yourself and for the people. Believe for the right outcome. Don't be a naysayer. We, gotta, we have enough naysayers on the outside. We don't need them on the inside. We need people that will stand together and come together 
And look, if it takes, you know, five minutes or five years or whatever it is, and again, there's some things that there's a timing involved where God says, no, now is not the time, just keep standing and believing. But other things, God says, yes, now is the time, so just stand and believe until it comes to pass. Whatever all that is, let's encourage each other, let's lift each other up, let's walk in strength and health towards each other, not in judgment like, well, they must not really be in faith. Well, Maybe not, but you being, criti- you being critical is not going to help them any, amen? Pray for them, love on them, encourage them. The Bible says that faith works by love. You know what will quicken people's faith faster than anything? When they know God's love and they know your love for them. It'll quicken their faith just like that. And before you know it, they're walking in the, what God's promised for them. Amen? I'm going to pray for you all as a, as a whole. I believe what I've spoken over you is you have everything that you need. If you will take it, go back and listen to the podcast. Listen to it again and again and again. I'm telling you, this was a word. When I was standing right over here and I said, I'm telling you, listen, I, most of the time, well, I know when I'm hearing from God. Let me say it that way. And I'm telling you, I was hearing a divine word, a revelation from heaven that was telling you that if you will walk out, if you will take the scriptural idea of meditation, and you will do it, you will see come to pass what you need to come to pass. Because everybody in here is believing for something. That's why we're called faith people. Because we are believing God for things. We're believing for the greater, for the bigger, for, the, for whatever our needs are, all that stuff. We're believing. And if you will do that, I'm telling you, it'll work in your life. Amen. Would you just stretch your hands towards the Lord? Father, I thank you. God, I believe right now, I believe that the miracle working power of God right now is flowing in Jesus' name. That God, everything that needs to be touched, everything that needs to have healing brought to it, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word is true. I thank you for quickening, Lord. Your word says that you sent the Holy Spirit to remind us, to bring to our remembrance things that you have taught. I thank you that right now that the Holy Spirit is reminding these saints of promises in your word, promises that you've spoken over them, things that you have given them, things that you've said will come to pass. I thank you that you're, re- you're reminding them of those things and that, God, they will walk it out. They will speak it out. They will murmur it. They will utter it. And it will be a back and forth thing. I am blessed. I am going to have this. I am going to prosper in what the Lord's called me to do. I will have this disease out of my body. This disease is out of my body. I will have full manifestation. I will have everything that God says that I'm going to have because God is faithful. He's faithful to watch over his word. And so, Father, I thank you that your word says that like when the rain falls from the heavens to the earth, just like your word, when it is released from you, that God, when it comes down, you are faithful to watch over it. You are faithful to see that thing come to pass. And God, I thank you that it's your faithfulness. It's what you have done. It's not what anybody else has done. It's not our ability. It's simply our cooperation. But it is already a done deal. And I want to read this verse. I felt very quick, and you can put your hands down, and I want to finish with this. I felt very quick to read this to you, and this is Revelation chapter 12, and I want to read two verses to you. And this is something that, and I just ran out of time. I was going to go into time of talking about different things that we could remember in specific from this past year, but God's going to give you a bunch on your own. But this is one thing I want to say, is that we stand right now. You need to understand something. And I spent about, I forget, about five or six weeks this past year talking about the heaven's legal system and that we now have a legal right, and the devil has no legal rights. He has zero legal rights. Let me tell you something. You could completely mess up. You could completely do wrong. You could completely go and live in total, utter sin. And I'm not encouraging that. I'm not advocating for that. I don't agree with that. I would give you a spiritual spanking if I found out that you intentionally did that. But I would love you through the process or whatever. 
So I'm not advocating that, but I am saying that your wrong, no matter how high it is, does not undo what Jesus has done and is rightfully given. You have a right to what God has given you. And this is Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. It says, Then I heard a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming. Notice it wasn't a weak voice, but it was a triumphant voice because we live in triumph and victory. And this, this voice was proclaiming, now, now salvation and power are set in place. And the kingdom reign of our God and the ruling authority of his anointed one, speaking of Jesus, are established. We're not waiting for him to establish his kingdom. It's already been established. We live in it. We live in the blessings and the benefits of his kingdom. And then it says, for the accuser, and an accuser, the word for accuser here is, I don't remember the exact Greek word, but it's talking about a complainant in a legal system. And so the, the devil's job, what he does is he will come in and he will bring his accusations and he will accuse you of you didn't do this right, you did this wrong, you haven't prayed enough, you haven't fasted enough, whatever it is on some performance level he's trying to bring you and I into, that's when we cut him off at the head and say, wait a second, you're dealing with an old legal system. You're dealing with a lower court. You're not dealing with the Supreme Court of Heaven. I deal with the Supreme Court of Heaven and as far as I'm concerned, the high judge has all already ruled in my favor that I am blessed, I am anointed, I am favored, the grace of God is fully upon me and it has zero, nothing, absolutely nothing to do with my performance. So as bad as my performance has been, devil, you ain't got nothing because God says I've got everything. It says, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accuse them day and night before our God. How many of y'all understand that he will accuse you relentlessly and you have to shut his stuff up? He will relentlessly, he relentlessly accused them day and night before our God, has now been defeated, cast out once and for all. And that's talking about the final thing that's going to happen. But now we're living in the place where he accuses us. Until the end comes, he is still here bringing accusation. But he doesn't have anything to accuse us of. Maybe our wrongdoings, but what are our wrong compared to Jesus' righteousness? Oh. He says that he's been cast out once for all. They conquered him. So this is saying how we conquer. They conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb because it's the testimony of what Jesus' blood speaks. Because Jesus, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that Jesus' blood speaks better than that of Abel's. You know what Abel's blood cried out? Vengeance. You know what Jesus' blood cried out? Vengeance is taken upon Jesus. No more vengeance on people anymore. Hallelujah. Whew. It says they conquered him completely through the blood of the lamb and the powerful word of his testimony. You know what his testimony says? You are blessed, you are healed, you are anointed, you have everything that you need to do. You just keep walking and standing and believing what I have spoken over you and it will come to pass. I will watch over my word. I am faithful to see that thing work in your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what I want to do. I want to take two minutes in the one thing. Who in here you could say, I've got one main thing I'm believing for? One main thing. Lift up your hands. If you say, I've got one main thing that I'm believing for. Before you walk out these doors, I want to take two minutes, and I want you to out loud, but to yourself, I want you to begin to declare the blessing of the Lord. This is good practice, the blessing of the Lord over your life right now. In that particular situation, go ahead and just release it. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.